What's up, dudes? What up? Hey. Welcome to uh, episode 115 of the Tales from Greenwood podcast. We're getting up there. Spangler. Yeah, wow. I got the current value tour manager, uh, Alex Wright, over here. I have one of the first value tour managers, Steve Donovan, right there. And the intermittent sort of when we need him tour manager, (laughs) Daniel Briones. Yeah, I'm the pinch hitter. Deborah. Yep. What's up, guys? Hey. Uh, you know, busy. Really, yeah. really busy. Yeah. Stacked. Doing a lot. Doing a lot with my days. Calendar is like just. Yeah, sometimes I sit over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, uh, yeah, how are you guys handling the, uh, the quarantine? Um, basically the same way we handle every single time you're not on tour. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, try to never go out in the public. Yeah. <laughs> um, try to avoid anything that's going on politically, religiously, anything. Large um, crowds. Try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then count the days till you can go out again, which now is who knows when, right? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Does, it, does anyone does anyone have a homie in uh, that like knows the scoop and knows when this is all over when they're showing? Somebody's got to know somebody at the Pentagon, right? <laughs> yeah. Do they know? Do they even know? Do they even know? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Anybody know anyone that works for Corona Beer that can let us know what the heck's going on? <laughs> Seriously, how many Coronas can you drink before you get the COVID? <laughs> like four. Is it four Coronas? <laughs> four. Yeah. You, you got to think like if like Corona beer is like just sitting back and being like from a marketing angle, where do we go right now? What do we do? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not good for the brand. For they, sure. They're definitely keeping quiet. I wonder, I wonder how sales actually did there at the beginning. If it dipped, yeah. or maybe, it maybe, dip. maybe it got better. Maybe it, like, no, it slowly. dipped for a little bit. Insane. Insane. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people were like, like people are like, "What beer should we buy?" And someone's like, "Well, I know what's on my mind." <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, let's um let's let's introduce you guys. Um. So. This is live right now, so we got some people in the chat here. I'll, if you guys have questions about um, oh, hey. questions about the industry or oh, that's uh, a thing. tour management or. Cool stuff like that behind the scenes. Throw them at us. We'll we'll bring them in later. Um, so let's see. Uh, Alex is our current tour manager, and um, I need you guys to just go around and say um, <coughs> what era you were in the Ballyhoo camp, um, and how wonderful it was to work for such great bosses. <laughs> I just want you to let everyone know how how what good good dudes we are. This is fake news. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all started when he called himself the boss, right? <laughs> I will now read. You call me the boss. Read from the script that Howie emailed us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody, there's, there's, there's two or three lines per question. You guys can read one of them as an answer. Uh, just let me, you know, one of those. Uh, Donovan, you did call me the boss, though, right before we started going. So I just want to, you did say that when I came back. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, these are facts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Alex, how's it going? It's going, man. Yeah. It's going, yeah. Start us off, Alex. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Alex. Um, <laughs> I've been with the Ballyhoo guys since 2015. Um, wow. Pretty much from when Fast Times was recorded to now. And I, that was like my first toe dip in the industry. Like I played in bands and stuff before that and knew nothing. I was the guy turning my amp up while the monitor guy was like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they've taught me everything. Everybody in these screens has taught me a bunch about my job. And now I'm pretty okay at it. <laughs> I'd say I think. pretty damn good at it. All right. Yeah. 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 All we did, you got through all the bad habits. That's all we did. That's yeah. <laughs> it's true, but they work. We taught you what not to do. <laughs> so, uh, DB, you're like our go-to guy. I do all the shows that Alex doesn't want to do. <laughs> I started catching on to that. Yeah. The, basically, the second half of 2019 was. Oh, I don't want to tour with Ballyhoo for the rest of this year. You do it. And then come 2020, Ballyhoo goes to the Virgin Islands and Alex goes, I'm back. <laughs> I got this, kid. Yeah. You know what? The only, reason, take this one. I'm, the only reason I'm okay with it is because I went to the Virgin Islands with Pacifier like a few weeks later. So it's fine. Yeah. It's just fine. We, we fixed the glitch. You're fine. Good, good, good. Uh, I thought I was going to have to fill in for Alex on this podcast. It was just going to be two of me. On this. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Steve Donovan. When did you uh, I started with Ballyhoo in 2012, right after the Daydreams record came out. And it was a pretty great ride for seven months. And then I uh, switched over to Tribal Seeds. And then I came back, you know, I came back and, you know, we've worked together a couple different times over the years. You know, I filled in for Alex too and DB. So I was like, I'm like third in line now. To those <laughs> things. Um, but uh, Ballyhoo started my career, man, you know, and uh, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride ever since. <laughs> I actually think I was there the day you were hired, actually. Cause I remember going to a warp tour in Chicago that was the day, man. Yeah, and I remember, like, yeah, like I went, and like Howie put me on a list or whatever, and I showed up, and I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And then, like, you showed up all wide-eyed and like, <laughs> kid. Yeah, that was a wild first day. I was like, "Yeah, we hired this dude yesterday. Either it's going to be a yeah. great idea or a terrible idea." Yeah, I sold him, man. But man. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah, it was funny. It was funny because Howard was uh, Howard and Donald like peered over me at like the venue a couple days before and they're like, are you sure you can do this? You know, and I was just like, yeah, 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 I think so, man. I mean, we'll figure it out. What's happening here? <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was funny too because then the next day or whenever they hired me, like two, three days later, um, Christian Brandmeier, who is uh, like Dirty Heads TM and now Dirty Heads day-to-day manager and Sublime's day-to-day manager, he introduced how he introduced me to Christian, and then Christian took me to production and taught me the ropes day one. You know, and how he's like, just listen to everything he says. <laughs> <laughs> Real boss mode, you know. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah day Christian, one, man. Christian, Christian Brandmeier. Was, Christian was really happy to to 
he had no problem like yeah send him over. Nah, it was awesome yeah he's, he's such a good dude man yeah we're still friends to this day man love the guy yeah he's great yeah he's good man, was that eight years ago yeah man. fuck Whoa. yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Stop wearing a watch. <laughs> what, uh, Eric Donna, what year? What year was that? 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Wow. I met Pacifier that year too. We went to one of their shows. That's where I met Ernie too. Ah, Ernie. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Is he alive? Does anybody know? I haven't heard. Yeah, from yeah, him. he's alive. I saw him. We played disc golf in the snow a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> they came out here for the disc golf cup or whatever they call it. Chips was out here too. Oh of my course. god! I, 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 I genuinely got concerned. I was like, "Wait a minute! Is he is he alive? Is he okay?" Yeah, yeah, he's doing, he's doing just fine. Cool. Wow, twenty twelve. That makes me feel old. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, we were all younger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you and Donald and Scott were still pretty old, but we were younger. True. True. You guys were in your 20s. Yeah. Hey, uh, Howard, when did, uh, I feel like I should know this. When did Ballyhoo start or become a band or start, you know, actually like mattering? Uh, <laughs> we started in 95, but it didn't matter until like 2006. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's a long time to be like, guys, this doesn't matter. <laughs> that's a lot. Of I don't know what we're doing tonight, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was like should, that 11 years. That should have been name, actually. Like, What's that? That should have been Ballyhoo's actual band name. Just doesn't matter. Huh? <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, yeah. It was like 11 years. We didn't know how to tour. We didn't know how to get on tour. And, Finally, 20, 2006, we did it. And uh, in 2010, we got our first tour managers. And then we had Carlos Estevez. Was oh, a, uh, my yeah, man. First, like, Carlos, yes. Yes. Tour manager. Yeah, it's funny, man. We, we always had this joke about Ballyhoo had, uh, what was the big acronym that I created or something? Remember that, Alex? Like, it was this stupid long it, it was really long. I can't remember it, but yeah, it's pretty it was much like, a training school for crew. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, <laughs> we had always had the joke is like, well, we train people up, and we're really good at training because we're because we're we're not like mean, but like we make we're like thorough. We're like make sure this, make sure that, make sure. But you've this. all been doing it yourselves so long, so you all know exactly what to do from all angles. Yeah, yeah. So when we they also got to learn from three eleven too, which was beneficial. Oh man! After after that 2008 show, we learned a lot about touring and stuff. And yeah, there's always. I just remember when I started, and you were like, "Well, this is how 311 would have done it." Yeah, that's, that's true. There's always that one tour that you'll remember. That's like, yeah, that was the tour that we realized we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Just seeing how uh, how simple it was to like get guest list and submit like your uh, your rider your hospitality all that stuff and like it was just you tell um you tell her uh, erico that was their their hospitality manager back then and she would just okay and then like an hour later there's everything's done like it's all there maybe not even an hour later it was just done you know it was so simple you tell <laughs> the one thing it, and the the chain of command is like so tight and just 
fluid, you know? It's just, it's just like a, a machine when those guys tour, you know? And it was, it was our first, like, real look into, you know, how a, a tour is supposed to be run. So we, we just took a lot, of, a lot of notes and learned a lot, you know? So. so just as a note to all the fans watching and listening, most tours aren't like that. <laughs> most tours what do you mean things and nothing happens <laughs> uh, you deal with uh, promoters not wanting to give you what you what they agreed to normally trying to stiff you on the money on the hospitality money yeah that's Remember, fun. one of Donovan's things was was uh, was like no just give me the fucking money it's and I'll take care of me <laughs> We said we wanted a we wanted to create a Donovan soundboard because he had like sixteen things that he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I still care want of it. That. Was can we record that after this? Yeah. Still <laughs> yeah. Can, I think I still virtual did. versions of ourselves, so we don't have to actually go. <laughs> That's the next thing after this. You just press the button. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Wait. Wait. Wait a second. Dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it. Um, but. You know, so and everybody, every tour manager has their own style, um, you know, but anybody that we kind of trained up, <clears throat> we just try to make sure that they understood all the parts of it. And then you guys were able to just take it and just run with it. You're all very good at what you do, um, like reading contracts. And that's where that's where I get weird. You know, I can't I'm not good at like all the little things and the details and that, that stuff really counts. I mean, you could be. Yeah missing out on money that you're not aware of because you have to know how to read contract. it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Reading is a good thing. First off, <laughs> I learned the maths and then, <laughs> and then I learned words. Good. And the math and tracks are, yeah, no, it's just, it's great. It's great to watch you guys work. And, uh, it's just, I don't know. You want to tell a little bit about like, I don't know what, what your guys experience is. How, how do, do you guys enjoy your jobs? Like mostly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about that. <laughs> well. no, no. We we don't enjoy our jobs right now because we uh, get no unemployment now because we're independent contractors. So yeah, that yeah. part. Is. If you're in Maryland, you can get it, but the website is down like all the time. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can apply I went through anyway. all the all the stuff to go through PPP and SBA, and I spent all day yesterday and the day before trying to do it, and then today. They were just like, up, oh, try another lender. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to. And they basically, they're like, oh, wait, you're an independent contractor or self-employed? They're like, we'll get to you. We'll, we'll, we'll get to you. Okay. It's it's a walk-up town, all right? It's a walk-up town. We're getting a lot of calls. <laughs> We've been getting calls all day. Getting a lot of calls. <laughs> that's the uh that's the lingo (laughs) promoters that when you're asking about pre-sale like ticket sales and they're low (laughs) promoters are just like it's a walk-up town we'll get a lot of walk-ups getting a lot of calls you hear it every time (laughs) yeah they don't they don't want to tell you your face that no one's coming to the show (laughs) (laughs) getting a lot of calls um, they're like it's a walk up town. And it's like really, it's like January in Chicago, and there's a blizzard. And you're like, really, it's a walk up town right now. <laughs> Every time I hear that now, I just laugh, and I'm just like, dude, tell tell me the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling really good about it. 
I I've only had one promoter actually like, and it just because it was like a personal friend actually like look me in the eye and be like, "It's not looking good. <laughs> it's it's not looking good. <laughs> it's real bad." Um, uh, Donovan, you had a pretty uh pretty tight ship over there with uh, Tribal Seeds back in the day. You guys were um, you got you were handling shit. You know. Yeah. We, we did those. Did we do two tours? Were you on both of the tours that we did? I was with you guys for the first one. That's where Tribal Seeds met me. And then okay. the second one, you guys came out. And then Gonzo opened, remember? Beyond that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys taught me really, like, what to do at the beginning. And uh, those guys kind of opened me up to the opportunity to, like, really learn. Because I, I ended up going out on tour with Slightly Stupid with them for, like, five months. Like, when I first started touring with them. And I got to learn from those guys and like talk about a tight ship. Stupid is, you know, they've taught like so many people in this genre of music, you know, how to do it right. And uh, I was real lucky, man. Those guys really took me under their wing. I was kind of doing a lot and uh, on an amphitheater tour and them and atmosphere kind of took me under their wing, taught me a lot of stuff, which, <clears throat> you know, made a world of difference <laughs> to uh, my like continued success in the industry. You know, So, yeah, I mean, I love what I do, man. In the end, like, we create experiences in life for people, and, like, that's why I got into it. And I'm just lucky that I met you guys when I did. And, you know, oh. you guys gave me the opportunity that you did, you know? And, uh, you know, I got DB's heartstrings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just excited to see Donovan because I haven't seen him in what, – what did we decide? We were August. Talking? August? Okay, yeah, so it's a bit of a while. Yeah. Well, since we see each other, yeah. and like Alex and I see each other almost too often. When was did I see you at uh, the wedding? Uh, was that the last yeah. time? Yeah, the wedding. Yeah, the wedding was like that's where everyone met up. Well, except for Howard because he was invited but didn't go. Or he was on porch. That's when I filled in for the three days for Alex so that he could go to the wedding. And it's funny because we went there and everyone was just like, oh, they're off for three days. No, we tour managed a wedding. No, yeah. We, <laughs> we had all these talkies. We were plugging XLRs in, home running power to the house. It was between, between <laughs> myself, Alex, uh, Kyle, Pacifier's merch guy, um, and just everyone else that like, we all had like walkie talkies and we were running around like basically just doing all, like just putting out a million fires at this wedding. Um, <laughs> just cause when you do a DIY wedding, that's what happens. And it was like, it was kind of like perfect example for like this podcast of like tour management, where it's just like, it's something you can't like turn off, you know, like Alex and I easily could have just gotten shit faced, which we did eventually. We, did. we worked we were drunk, way drunk yeah, for several <laughs> days. However, it was like, Hey, this, 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 and this hasn't happened yet. And Ted and Brie are going to walk down the aisle in like T minus 10 minutes. And so it was like, oh God, everyone grab walkie talkies. Also put your tie on. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that was so, a great wedding. It sucked. We had to miss it. Um, yeah. We had, I guess we had, yeah. Cause my, my plan was to, I thought we had off that day. I was going to fly home for it. Um, and then we ended up booking, I think, that Saturday or something. Was it a Saturday or a Sunday? Uh, that wedding honestly lasted probably like 
a week long. <laughs> there was like a pre-party, a pre-wedding, the rehearsal dinner, and everyone was flying into town. And I don't, I don't know. I know Alex and I together were on site for what? How long were there? Like five days? I love how he calls it on site. Um, yeah, <laughs> you were at the venue. Oh, they were outside. Yeah, days. Yeah. It was was <laughs> Basically, the promoter blew it on that venue. Also, <laughs> doors were open the whole time. It was like a bar show. Yeah, <laughs> it was soft ticket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my favorite part of that wedding, just talking about people that were there and who were and whatnot, and how Howie's saying like I could make because I had a show, or whatever. My favorite is. Brandon Hardesty from uh, Bumpin' Uglies. Um, something happened where, like, his wife showed up on time. She was there for the ceremony or whatever. And then just before, like, dinner started, he shows up, like, frazzled. Like, his tie <laughs> on his hair. It looked like he'd already been at the wedding all day It's long. like somebody pushed him out of the car at the end of the driveway and he just walked out. Yeah, like, he was part of, like, a heist or something. <laughs> and just pulled his mask off. You know, and we were like, "What in God's name?" Like, I'm in line with a plate of food, and he goes by like total like Ronnie Dangerfield, like, Ugh. and I guess like they had just done a show like the night before or that day or something, and like their van like broke down or exploded or something. Like he had just had the worst day of his life. Like absolutely everything bad that could have happened on tour happened, but at a show at home, and like he barely made it on time for the wedding. And I was just like, dude, you want to like sit down, like take a nap or something? Like, are you all right? <laughs> but he, but he, but he killed it, and he he kind of handled it the same way, like tour manager style, where he just showed up and he was like, "Hey, I'm here. How can I help? What's going on? You know, whatever." It's just like, no, relax, dude. <laughs> we have the walkie-talkie. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch my don't touch my walkie-talkie. <laughs> So uh, let's see, Donovan, you've been doing a lot of the, the those big festivals, man, like Reggae Rise Up and stuff. Like that's really cool to see you getting into that kind of springboarding from the tour managing thing to actually managing a festival. I mean, that's and you know, I rode around the golf cart with you last summer, and it was pretty crazy, man. You were you were busy all day long. Yeah, yeah, I was I was definitely moving all day long. You know, uh, yeah, Vaughn and Joey over at uh, Live Night Events brought me into that. We had made friends years ago um, when I was tour managing Tribal Seeds going through the depot in Utah. And uh, me and Bon always just became like good friends off that. So when he asked me to come in and do it, like I was all about it. You know, uh, I had gotten off the road tour managing for the most part after like my son was born. And it was just a good way to get back into the industry, get back into the genre that like I came up in and uh, continue to support like all the bands that, you know, we work with. So I mean, it's awesome, dude. I, I love doing the festivals. I, you know, do a couple other festivals too, um, and stage manage and you know, production manage the reggae rise up ones. And yeah, it was an awesome transition over. You know, definitely a big learning experience. You know, like advancing, you know, thirty plus bands instead of just three on tour. You know, but <laughs> um, you know, overall it, it ran pretty smooth. You know, I definitely ran a lot, around a lot. You know, but yep. definitely learned a lot that first one, and I look forward to the Florida one, Vegas ones coming up. You know, just happy to be working with those guys. It's uh, it's been great. Yeah, we get psyched when we see your name on the production. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Dono. Yes. Yes. I was just thinking that, like, I I I, w I was at several of the 
festivals that you were working. And I remember being on site and festivals are crazy because there's just so much going on. It's hard to get a hold of people and who's in charge and whatnot. And so it's like, you're trying to get hospitality. You're trying to get this, trying to get a hold of people. And they're trying to radio people, get a golf cart. And then it clicks in my head, like, wait, Donovan's working this festival. Yeah, that's see, that's where the problem. Really <laughs> <is>. <laughs> that makes it worse for you because I worked with like when I uh, when I stopped working with Tribal initially. You know, I, I Dan and Amy at Kelly Roots brought me in, and um, I got to learn a lot from them. You know, like they really do it right over there at Kelly Roots. Like I, on my you know my point, and you know, I think they just do a great job logistically with that festival, and um, I got to learn a lot through that. But like, yeah, like I, the problem is like I've toured with all these bands. So like I'm friends with all of the bands. And so like once they find out that I'm there, then they <laughs> it's like direct line, you know, and they know that I'm not going to say no. You yeah. Know, totally out, you know what I mean? So get us more beer. Yeah. What do you mean? No, get us more beer. <laughs> You'll see on the Florida festival, the new, uh, like, festival info sheet is pretty dialed up for everybody to uh go to the proper people you know uh, but i'm there you know i'm there if you need me <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another donovan ism <laughs> shit's dialed up <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's important for us to stay organized as like tour managers and production managers you know like it's you know what we do is like logistics you know more than anything else and accounting obviously but i mean trying to you know run all these different people and you know make sure these shows happen like from city to city and it's a lot of work you know so it's a lot of doing stuff on your phone like obviously our jobs consist of us constantly like doing stuff on our phones and like answering people and whatnot it makes us look like we're terrible at our jobs on site though <laughs> it looks like the only thing we're doing is like on our phones on like you know instagramming and blah blah, blah when really it's like oh guess this oh my god blah, 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 that oh that thing that the singer asked me to do like an hour ago totally forgot gotta do that real quick blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and a lot of times for like uh independent bands smaller touring bands like ours and others um you're you're doing like kind of double work you're you're tour managing and you're like teching and setting up the stage it's not just like you know barking orders and taking care of stuff you're like also involved in the setup process the breakdown you're yeah. you're involved in like like alex does a lot of our um uh tech stuff uh and our production stuff even like with the the geysers triggering those and um you know <laughs> most importantly bringing out the fan and throwing the wig on me stuff like that um so there's there's a big job you know and i never used to i never used to understand like back in the day it took me a while to, to wrap my brain around um why TMs get paid more than the artists. I used to think like, well, but we're the artists, you know, and that's just a matter of being green, you know, not not knowing and inexperienced and never having a real crew and stuff. After so many years of doing it, and so many people we've gone through, and then obviously seeing other bands that we're on tour with and stuff, and seeing how they're, and especially when it's like a bigger tour too, um, you see like you can't really talk to these people because they're just these guys are running around all day long. <clears throat> and so you realize like oh that's why they get paid more than us because they're really busting their asses for us you know and uh i always appreciated it i just didn't it, it was it took a while to click you know and then then it got to a point where we could actually afford to start paying better and things and um you know i remember like trying to offer guys like 150 bucks you know <laughs> like come on just you know, 
<laughs> Come on out. <laughs> Free beer, you know. But uh, so, but tour managing is a is a serious job, man. It's like it's really, but it can be very fulfilling. I imagine uh, you get to go to a lot of cool places. Alex, you went last year. You were out with Last Dinosaurs, and you guys uh, yeah. went all over the place. And you said yeah. you had a great time with them, right? Those guys, yeah. It was it was amazing. It was uh, it, they're from Australia, and I hadn't like. I didn't know about them before that too much. And then we go to like California and go to like a 1200 cap room and it's just full like, Oh shit. Like I, I hadn't, it was wild, but <laughs> it, was, it was a different kind of tour. Cause we had a bandwagon and I didn't have to drive at night. And our, our sound get Ballyhoo's sound guy or one of them, Zach, he was tour managing. So it took a lot off my plate and I could concentrate on all the tech stuff. Um, that was that was nice. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, dude. When you don't have the TM, you just tech instead of doing full jobs. Phenomenal. <laughs> I, got, I, I would I would just go into my bunk and. <laughs> yeah. When I text for Michael Franti and Spearhead, uh, dude, it was like I didn't know what to do with myself all day. I was like, wait, wait, I don't have, I don't have any responsibilities right now. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> I would I would still <laughs> automatically try and help with the TM stuff. Um, Zach and I work really well together and he's, he's an awesome tour manager. I mean, with Ballyhoo, he's just doing the sound and helping with the stage and patching and stuff. Um, but when he TMs, he turns it on. So yeah. Props to Zach Bowen and love you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> love that guy too, man. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying about like when, if you get a gig, that's only one job, like just teching or just tour managing, um, it just it reminded me of I think it was like last Cali Roots or the one before, where uh, Howie you guys actually brought me and Alex out together for Alex to do TMing and you guys brought me out to tech and I remember being on stage and like <laughs> doing tech things but then also wanting to do other things and like both both you Howie and Alex had to kept being like you're just teching like just. Just fix this guitar. I mean, thank God you were there because it, we had, as usual at festivals, no, it's a soft patch. No, it's one-to-one. -one. Yeah. I'm over there trying to fix the patching, and I could not have done anything on stage. And DB set up pretty much most of it, and we started right on time. Always so, start on time. Beautiful. That's <laughs> that's and Anyone, people asking questions like, you know, TMing, whatever, blah, blah. Number one rule, start on time. No matter what, get even if he's naked, even if he's not dressed yet, dress him on the fly. Start on time. Start on time, and stop on time. Ugh. Yeah, that's Big the one. more important. Yeah, that's one. huge. Big one. Yeah. So that's, many bands don't get that. I know, and that goes with especially if you're like touring with, if you're like the headlining band of the show, and it's like it's not a knock to the bands that are supporting to say like, Hey, stop on time, stop on time, stop on time. But what I think a lot of bands don't understand is like if the opening band or the next band, if they go like two minutes over five minutes over that like cascades, it starts, it's a slippery slope that like, well then set change goes over and then the next band starts late and they're going to end late. And then, you know, and really it, it ends up ruining it for the fans because then in the end it ends up falling on the headliner having to shorten their set time you know, to make up the difference in time or whatever. And it just, just, it just, it's bad. So just start on time. Thing. Yeah. Start on time. 
Well, we it's had just this, respect. <laughs> we had this festival curse for years where that would happen to us. So, so like we, we've always been really good about getting on and off when we're supposed to. And sometimes we go over every now and then it just happens. But um, you'll have these like little support, like local support bands that have played like two gigs in their life or something. And they just want to play every song they've ever written and covers and shit. <laughs> and, and they want to, yeah. you know, it's a festival and they're like, oh, we got one more song. And it's like, there's a minute, minute left, eight minutes, <laughs> yeah. of a minute left. And like, so when that, that happens several times before our set, because, you know, we play later in the day. So, um, <laughs> so all right. <laughs> so, all right. The sun is still up. He's saying yeah. later, but it's L- not later, but yet. not much later. Um, so the uh, reggae rise of sets I've just got earlier. Dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One o'clock. Totally, totally fucking around. Um, but yeah, by the time it gets to us, we're the band that has to make it up. We're the band that's like that they're coming to us. Okay, guys, sorry, you got to cut ten minutes. Oh, you got twenty five minutes set now. That it would always happen to us, you know, because these little bands before us would just keep playing, and, and like you said, it it cascades, it creates a snowball effect, and all of a sudden we got to make up the time because the headliners got to play their time, you know. Um, so finally, that hasn't happened for a while, but man, for several years, we every time we played a festival, it was like. You know, we get fucked over like that, but yeah, it's it's um, we very well could go over and play the extra song, but like it's it's a matter of professionalism. Like we're not going to be those guys. Yeah, the guys yeah. before us did it. That's not us. Yeah. We're going to do our thing, get off, and that's, and that's just what you got to do. Yeah, it's and it's that's. I mean, I mean, obviously that that falls a lot on. You know the, the the crew. You know, get getting on time, and the, you know the tour manager making sure start time and end time, and it's kind of just something you learn. I know I, I can speak for all of us. Like someone at some point told us, like start on time, stop on time, like no matter what. And like I see examples of it. Um, like we were we were talking about Christian Brandemeyer earlier. Uh, I remember several Cali roots ago where. One of, one of the later artists, I don't, I don't, remember, I honestly don't remember who it was, um, was performing, and I remember they started like 10, 15 minutes late, and it could, it could have been for whatever reasons. Like it, honestly, I think someone said like the artist hadn't just show, decided not to show up or whatever. I don't know. What it was. Anyway, but the Dirty Heads were playing after them, and like obviously, if one artist starts late, you know the times are going to fall over. The next artist is probably going to start late, and I just remember being in the crowd watching, and I knew that Christian Brandmeier was that day tour managing dirty heads and they started exactly on time like to the second like and i, and I, I even call it i remember who i was hanging out with i was like christian's over there i guarantee you they will start on time to the second sure enough lights went dark exactly on time and i was like oh there you go it's a good tour manager yeah and even, even when you start on time like if if you got to hurry up like somebody went over and you start on time that still creates more work because people teching are trying to fix shit on the fly while the band's starting to play. Yeah. It's, it's it does just cascade. I, I watched, <laughs> there was a, what was it? Pot of gold festival a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I was there. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That was, that was a fun day. That was here in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, what revolution was about to start. And um, I think Zach was having trouble with his like trumpet wireless. They're trying to get the monitors right. And Brian just walks over like cool as a cucumber with his sun hat still on, just like <laughs> hardwire it. 
Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they just did it and went. Yeah. I, I, it's really, sometimes you got to like fake it to start on time. There's been so many times where like there's literally 30 seconds left till you know your start time or whatever and it's like oh there's nine things i needed to do i'll do it while the band's playing they'll never notice the band will never know you know, <laughs> <laughs> they'll know they'll be busy entertaining to know <laughs> that you know we're doing whatever it is we're doing in the background that we told them was done like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna go <laughs> anytime that happens donald will always catch me though he's like yeah, <laughs> that guy's a hawk. Yeah, and he can also like, he can also just like reach you with his long ass arms, no matter where he is, too. So he, yeah. it's funny. We did this live. Um, we did the live stream, and he had a talkback mic to like the crew and stuff. And he's never had one before, but he's never needed one because if he needs something on stage, I hear him no matter where I am, with ears in, no matter yeah. what. Like, ah! <laughs> Everybody hears Donald, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> hey! The guy drunk in the bathroom taking a piss heard Donald talk. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Um, with with me, Tori, with Pacifier, it wasn't until about like a year ago or so that we got a talkback mic for um, for Nick Kubli, the drummer. And uh, as all as all you guys know, Nick Kubli is a very quiet spoken individual. You know what I mean? Like, so when we got him a talkback mic, it was like, great, this is going to be fantastic. Like, if he needs something, he can just talk to me on it, whatever. Blah, blah blah. And him being a drummer, he doesn't you know often sing into microphones or whatever. So he would talk into his talkback, but basically at the normal volume that you speak to a person sitting next to you. So absolutely could not hear him at all. And you have talkback mics gated, so they're not. They're not yeah, so I would see him speaking and like he's, you know, obviously needs something. I'm like, oh, oh, God, I know he needs something. But I, it would literally end up me being like literally scream into your microphone because obviously he's like playing drums and doing a million other things at the same time. And but just speaking at his normal volume, it's like. Yeah, this this microphone was no help. <laughs> Just yell. <laughs> so that's the opposite of Donald. Pacific Dub has the talkback mics, like one for Dave drumming and one for the stage. And Colton only uses it to talk shit about Pat, the merch guy. Who also <laughs> <laughs> He'll just walk over in the middle of the bridge and be like, hey, Alex, Patty sucks. Thanks. <laughs> See, I, I turned the tables on Colton when I... Uh, it's like a year ago now. I went out and did a tour with them on the East Coast, and they had a talkback mic from the monitor board. I was doing monitors and TMing, and they had a talkback mic so the band could hear me, but no one else could. And so I was just talking shit to the band members the entire time they were performing, and I don't think they were prepared for it. And it's it. I absolutely should not have been doing that. By the way, that's <laughs> that's yeah, what I had the that's, same. I had the same don't mic. distract your artist. <laughs> but that's exactly what i did because it was just too funny and it and it was cold come on guys yeah. come on it's cold he's not playing anyway it's all tracks right <laughs> he knows i love him oh no <laughs> hey tell me i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta be honest, my favorite uh my favorite person on the talk back mic is Zeb from Tribal Seeds. Oh, Zeb's like a legend, dude. He's played with like every every big name in reggae music, you know. Um and it's just so funny. Tribal Seeds got a lot going on, right? They got a lot going on in their ears, a lot going on behind the scenes and set. And he's gotta say so on, he just sits there and like yells like, ah, ah. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I love that. It's I like mean, a choir What? Um, so Monica wants to know, how does someone get, get started managing tours? Oh, man. I mean, everybody's slightly it, different. It, it, <laughs> there's, there's a good answer and there's a bad answer. And it's, bad answer. It's, it's either you're at the right place at the right time or you're at the wrong place at the right time. <laughs> I got originally hired just to be the tech um, by Ballyhoo's uh, old sound guy, Robbie Gosweiler. I love you. Um, Robbie. And then they just, uh, as I kept working with them, the guys were like, hey, we need someone to TM and just started showing me more stuff to do and just started doing more stuff. Like, hey, here's a few more bucks. Do this too. Like, all right, mm. Alex, I got two more dollars. Can you pack up my drum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on the band. You know? <laughs> on that note, it depends on the band. You know, like Ballyhoo's, like they, uh, you know, they're real self sufficient for the most part. You know, other bands are not that way all the yeah. time. You know, I mean. I know a lot a lot of people ask, like they're like, is there can you go to school for like, you know, being a tour manager or stuff like that? And I, I honestly don't know, like, is there a school for tour managing guys? Like, is that a thing? I don't there know. Is. is there? Okay. Yeah. That'd be so weird. Um yeah. I mean, but every almost every tour manager I've ever met has some story that's just like, I don't know, like all of a sudden, I was just a tour manager one day. Like, <laughs> you gotta like want to do it, you know? It's not like it's like a weird like job, you know? Yeah. You gotta want to do it. You gotta like find the band, you know? Like if you come up with a band like that you're friends with, it's like always like a great way to get in, you know? For me, like I met Ballyhoo on the 311 cruise, and then I like went out on the warp tour with somebody else, and like met Jr. at catering. Mm. And then went back to their van and smoked <laughs> bowl. And then, and then like, like two weeks later, the tour manager just, just like became friends and like they needed somebody and like so random, you know. But I like wanted to do that, you know. I like set out to like go out there and do that. So yeah, you, yeah. you I think you gotta have to drive, you know, like you gotta learn through you gotta like wanna go get it. And then you gotta learn your way through the industry, through other people and just keep your head down and work, you know. Yeah. And the, the thing about that is like with like everyone assumes like the tour manager is like the highest spot on touring, which, you know, you're the tour manager effectively. That's kind of what it works, how it works, but you're always still learning more things. Like literally every tour I've ever been on, I've learned something that's like, wow, I've been doing that completely wrong all like this whole time, you know, like constantly, you're constantly learning, like constantly learning new stuff. And that with like, you're surrounded by so many other jobs, like, you know, the sound engineer, um, hospitality managers, you know, you know, the mer merch guys, merch people, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, you're constantly working around other jobs that I'm always just trying to learn from all the jobs. 
Like that's, you know what I mean? Like you're always going to learn something new from your sound guy. You're always going to learn something new from your merch guy. You're always going to learn something new from the artist. You know what I mean? And that's, that's key for staying employed also as far as touring, you know, because obviously with what's happening right now, no one's employed. Um, but like, you know, there are times where there are breaks in between tours where it's like, Hey, I need money. I need to keep working. And if the more jobs, you know, you know, the more jobs you've taught yourself and not just, you know, pigeonhole yourself in what job it is you're doing, that's how you're going to pick up gigs and more bands and, uh, keep your lights on at home. <laughs> Basically. And as the tour manager, you're, um, you're interacting with everyone on the, on the tour. So you're seeing all the jobs. You're constantly in contact with the, uh, your, your sound guy, your merch guy, your light guy. You know, if you have enough money to bring somebody out like that, you know, like uh, all the crew guys. And, and then, and then you learn how to read the contracts properly, talk, you know, how to deal with promoters, how to deal with like fires when they start, you know, like, like <laughs> when shit goes crazy and you got to like diffuse it. Um, you know, there's there's lots of things. You know, support and, uh, bands. You're dealing with the support bands and everything that they need. Their crew. You're dealing if, with their yeah. crew. Luckily, we tour with a lot of really great support bands. Made a lot of friends over the years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think if you're going to manage anything in life, you know, you got to know. You have to have a like grasp on everything that you're managing and overseeing. You know, because you really are like as a tour manager, and then like big bands get bigger, you can get a production manager, but. You know, you're really overseeing the whole tour, you know, as far as like logistics, you know, your bus drivers, your hotel rooms, your accounting, you know, settling all the shows, making sure everybody's getting paid. Um, I mean, you're handling everything. You're overseeing just the mindsets of different people on the tour, right? You got to be the basically the tour dad, tour mom is like the joke, you know. They call me Mr. Alex. Papa? <laughs> I think knowing everything, knowing a part of everything, you know, to be able to manage people properly is uh, is important, you know, to get in. Yeah, it's yeah. very easy to get frustrated doing all of that too. And yeah. I've I've learned the hard way. Some days, uh, you just you got to kill everybody with kindness. You just like no matter what. And Alex had to learn that because Alex gets frustrated a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I always ask Alex if he wants help. Like yeah. whenever I'm like at a festival, but I'm like not working with them, like working with another man. Like, hey, dude, like you want me to help me? And he's like, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just quicker for me to know my checklist. I know. I, know, I, know. Try and I shouldn't even ask, but I just want to help. I, I appreciate you. Well, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, it's funny you say that because like it really takes someone to like stop you. Like, I, and, I, and I tell this all the time, like friends or fans that are coming to shows. Um, you know, if, if I'm inviting a guest or a friend or whatever, I always tell them like, I'm going to be running around doing tour manager stuff. Unless you like physically stop me and say hi, like, I'm not going to like even probably see you, you know, like I'm running around. You literally have to like stop me and shut my brain off of tour managing for a second just to be like, Hey, or like take a breather. You know what I mean? And that's, I mean, that, that also comes with tour managing where I all the time, like, have to like other crew members stop them and be like, yo dude, you're killing it. You're doing a good job. Like, but stop. It's always nice. <laughs> take, take, take a breath. I, uh, I have a great story that, uh, pacifier did this festival called, uh, I think it was called like Funkatronic or something. I don't know. Something it had, it had a weird name. Funkatronic? 
Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. It was on like a boat. And there, were, there were there were like there was water and there was like you know it was like a beach scene and boats and people on floats and sea dudes and whatnot. Yeah. And the stage was like terribly set up and like there was no front of house like front of house because front of house was water because um, <laughs> we were literally facing like a lake. And so my sound engineer, Zach, is like running around trying to put out all these fires and the sound is not working right, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I could see him like sweating bullets, about to have a heart attack. And I literally like stopped him. I like grabbed him by the shoulders. I was like, Zach, stop, turn around and look. And like behind him, like 20 feet away, were like three girls in bikinis, like twerking. And I was like, look at that for five seconds. Enjoy that. All right. Go back to work. Go. <laughs> we did the same festival like a year or two before, and I, the changeover was a nightmare. I had to I had to drill a screw in front of Donald's kick drum because there was no rug, so it wouldn't move. <laughs> and then, like after we start, we finally started a couple songs in. I just dove off the front of the stage and went swimming. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, the band's got him here. <laughs> at, at, yeah, at that show before pacifier started the set we were all like setting up on stage and mike de guzman was like setting up his keys towards the front of the stage and he didn't know that there was like an air cannon like right next to where he was setting up and they decided to test the air cannon like when he was right there and it basically almost like blew his face off and it was it was one of those like what's happening right now people are dying <laughs> So yeah, don't let don't let your keyboardist die. That's another that's another uh, tip. Good rule of thumb. Uh, Good rule of thumb. Yeah. True managing tip: Don't let your artist die. And I'm sure I'm sure all of us can tell stories of our artists almost dying. I know I have a million of them, but like um, Scott landed on a bottle with his face <laughs> at Ted's house. Yeah, at Ted's house. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what's your uh, your Let's talk about everybody's favorite day on the tour, the hometown show. Oh my God. The, that's an I, oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I don't want to say that that's a bad day because it's a hometown show and it's like, you know, it's just busier. It's just super busy. Yeah. It's just cause all the, all, all the local friends and family come out and it, it's great. Cause it's great to see everyone, you know, hometown and whatnot. But it's just like from a tour managing standpoint, it's just one, the guest list is going to be a million people. <laughs> and the venue's going to get mad about it. <laughs> yeah. And you got to tell the venue, like, hey, yeah, all these people are kind of coming in. For this. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is his father's brother's cousin's former nephew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tribal Seeds guest list used to be over 200 people every time in San Diego. And, you know, you become friends with all these people over the years of working with them. You know, it's the same thing with Ballyhoo shows, like, you know, tons of people there and like, you want to hang out with everybody, but you can't, you know, you and then they're all going to come ask you, Hey, can yeah. I do this? Or, Hey, can I do that? And, like, you don't want to be like a dick to them, but it's just like, ah, why can't you just like hang out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why can't you just buy an overpriced beer and enjoy the music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go out there. Go out there. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were on that tour with Iration back in February, and uh, Colin, um, their TM, great dude. He, he yes. handles this shit so He's the well. man. Uh, there, he's were the couple, man. 
there were a couple nights where there was like family and friends and like one of them specifically, I think it was one in Kansas in Lawrence. And next thing you know, our green room is just overrun by like Micah's entire family lives in Kansas, I guess. Yeah, Poosh's whole family came upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I grabbed the cake and the Jameson and it was like, bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> you know, but but he, he walks around, he's like, all right, who needs a cup? All right, the wine's over there. He's just very, very nice and accommodating and just, just sweet, you know, it's... You know, it's it's great too because uh, this can pivot us to um, hiring people that uh, are re- that represent the band well. Because e- your entire crew, when you're when you're a band and you're hiring your crew out, um, remember that no matter what, they're an extension of you, and they're going to be representing you out there in public when you're backstage or you know in the van or whatever, <clears throat> waiting to go on. So it's very important for your tour manager, your crew guys and, and whoever else, um, that they're good people and they, uh, they're, you know, so when someone comes up and asks a question, a family member or something that you don't get, they don't get some shit answer, you know, or some shitty look, you know what I mean? Cause that, that reflects back on the band and we've always been really good about finding those types of people. You know, we try to find people that are like us and just are fun, cool, chill, like to goof off, whatever, but, but are also personable, you know? So thank you guys for always being that way, you know? Yeah. Sometimes my face shows the complete opposite. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll wear a feeling <laughs> on my face, but I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, dude, great, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all right. You need anything? Yeah. I've, I've literally had like a fan, like stop me and be like, are you pissed right now? And I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, there's just a million things going on. Sorry. I just don't. Uh, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. People don't. The tour manager holds a lot of hats and yeah. being a party planner is another one of them, you know, like, yeah. you it's, know, accommodating the family and the guests, you know, like per city, you know, because like these people, like they care about these band members, they care about the band, they care about, you know, everything that's going on. And like, they want to have a good time and like, you know, it is part of your job to make sure that that happens as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like the best house party you've ever been to, but it's at every your night. house. It's at your house every night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For like 40 The parents' house. <laughs> and think about when that house is like a tube with, you know, 12 to 15 people on it, you know, it's, and then, you know, you get, 20 other people in there it's you know horrible <laughs> i know i know right? i know it's crazy when you're on your bus and you got to go back to your bunk and somebody finally brought up the bus <laughs> so let's talk about the bus. Oh, yeah yeah you know when i was on that bus and all i've man. been on a bus for years players Hey man, hey, we know, we know. Yeah. yeah. Hey man, I, I was on the whole time I toured with the Expendables, and it's great and all. I just don't talk about it all the time. <laughs> Trust me, it's way more frustrating at the end of the day when you get into your sprinter van looking for safe space, and there's like nine people smoking weed, and you're just fuck. Hey, hey, guys, guys, I'm still in a van, so and you know what? We, we make it work with a smile, so. You guys, we, we did that. We did that van life for eleven years, and we finally, finally did the Sprinter. Man, we were about our, our like our sixth E three fifty or something was about to explode. It had like four hundred fifty thousand miles on it. 
you know, it was just, uh, it was a wreck. It was, I think the, the rear end was out again. It was like, everything was messed up. And uh, I was like, we're not doing this again. We're not. I want to be 40 soon. You know, like, fuck this. You know, like, you know, like trying to lay in a, I mean, look, anybody laying in a bench, it's going to suck, you know. But like when you're people like Donald and I, you know, like we're 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and we got our, our knees are like this. My knees, I thought, I, I really thought by the time, like before I'm 50, I'm about to get like knee operations. I really did. I really did. This is a true thought. I used to tell Danielle all the time. And then we got the sprinter. You know, finally we we made it happen. It got built out. Alex was a part of the build out. Um, it, it was, and as soon as we did that, like within a week on tour, my knee pain went away because we used to tour like, I mean, we were on the road like 250 days out of the year, yeah, you know, awesome. in an E350, and like suddenly I can stretch. The bunks are six eight, you know, like six, and my knee pain went away. You know, so we have there's a lot more comfort. But I feel like we earned it. You know, we we did a lot of work. We worked really hard on the road for years, you know, just tearing it up. Uh, and, and finally it just felt like a, like a gift to ourselves, you know, it's like, all right, man, we can afford this payment every month. It, you know what I mean? We're at that point. And, uh, you guys did it right though with that, you know, I mean, even like the little cooler spot. Is, yeah. I mean, I really, you guys really thought of like every little thing there. <laughs> yeah. 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 That thing came out pretty good. You think that until somebody's sitting on it and someone's like, Hey, can I get in the cooler? <laughs> 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 that's the one thing we call it the hot seat yeah. um, but uh it's better than the other the first printer we had for, for warp tour in 2012 where uh that we call it the splash zone <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, top, you'd be sitting there it's like what don't, i call this room no laptops no phones you know like just don't sit there with any of that stuff because if you're sitting there you're gonna get dumped on you're like a gallon of water dumps on you every night after warp tour because yeah. it just yeah. All this condensation builds up, and you take that right turn, it goes like <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had a lot of people in that sprint event that time, too. Me, Greg, and Donnie Hill all alternating in the bottom coffin bunk and the floor in that cap spot. It was, man. <laughs> Dude, fucking Jeff was driving. It was like uh, one, night, yeah. one night we were doing Ripping like, we were doing like uh, 80, 90. You know, and like we hit some bump, dude, and we left the we left the road. <laughs> All of us jumped up. Oh my god, I, I nearly pooped myself. It was just like boom, ah, like it was he called the shit poop. Yeah. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, it was, um, that was a grind, man. But Warp Tour was like one of the best things I ever did, just yeah. because it was like boot camp, dude. And like it was like. Yeah, it changed everything because I remember when people were telling me club tours are going to be so much harder because uh, it was actually Sam Holm, our uh, backline guy. I remember he uh, he was like, "Oh, dude, club tours are so much harder, man, because Warped Tour sets up everything for you." I got to the club tour, I was like, "Dude, it's air conditioned." <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that is that 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 that's a great thing to bring up. Um, I know I mentioned Warp Tour earlier, but that is like, if, if anyone wants to ask, like, you know, how could I learn about, you know, going on tour or doing that, whatever. Unfortunately, Warp Tour, you know, in its full capacity isn't a thing anymore. But Warp Tour is basically what I think like boot camp for anyone touring in any sort of position at all. Just because it, it's great if you're going as a guest. It was a great, great uh, 
great festival. You get to see a million bands at one time. But then also the flip side of that is that it is a million bands every day out in the hot sun all day long. And it's, it's people, people fall by the wayside. I know people that have straight up just been like, leave me on the side of the road. I'm not doing this tour anymore. Like I'm dying. Like it's, that's the, that's the tour that makes you men or women, you know, that's like, <laughs> that's really, uh, you really cut your teeth on, uh, on, on warp tour. And it's for, it, it's, it, it is mainly for like the simple things like air conditioning, like a toilet that isn't a porta potty that's been in the sun, you know, all day and like just being dirty all day long. And it's just, I would would track my steps and I think I averaged like 11 miles a day walking. (laughs) (laughs) Cause everything's so far away. It's like, Oh, your stage is over there, but your merch is over there. And by the way, catering is back there. And your bus is not even in this time zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was definitely the the tour to, uh, the the hardest tour to do for sure. Um, and I remember both times that we did it, we did it all summer and, um, everybody, everybody crushed it. Um, it's one of those things where you got to work hard to stick out. And, um, I mean, Alex was getting, he got, tour manager of the day oh that was a fun story <laughs> should, I, should i tell that story yeah yeah go ahead so we're in maryland home show this is probably close to a month in and i go to production at uh merriweather and uh see my girls tater and sabine hanging out there talking to them and they're like hey we're doing this new thing like tm of the day and like we chose you today i was like really that's awesome. They're like, yeah, we're going to draw you a picture and stuff. And like 30 seconds later, Kevin Lyman comes in the hall. Where the fuck is the road manager for Ballyhoo Rocks? Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> I just froze. <laughs> what? And then I, I heard what was going on. He said there was something about a post on Twitter. So I'm trying to call Howie because I know he does the socials. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Lisa calls me as I'm running to the bus. She's just like, hey we need to figure this out. They're getting ready to pull your set. I'm like getting ready to shit myself. <laughs> I get to the bus. I'm like, Howie, what, what's going on with this Twitter post? And he's just like, I, I, I sent a direct message to Kevin. I didn't, I didn't post anything. So I brought Howie down to the office. We talked to Kevin and he was screaming before we get in the office. He's like, Hey guys, so, uh, I don't, I don't know what you think you would uh, gain from uh, posting something. Howie's like, no, it was a direct message. I didn't post anything. Kevin looks at his phone. And he's like, Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> I'm still just, yeah, they always change their vibe when the artist walks in the room, you know, and like, okay. I'm, I'm back out to the production table. And I was just like, TM of the day. Is this a fucking joke? <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> it was, it was the most ironic. I, I was still panicking the rest of the day. It was a that was a weird moment. It was like you don't you don't want to get called to the office, you know. You want to call to the principal's office on Warp Tour, you know. It was so surreal. And then later, I hit Howie in the face with a flag on stage. Oh yeah, same day, <laughs> same day, right with the flagpole. Boom. That was my fault, though. I was standing in one spot. Yeah, I ran. <laughs> it, all, 
<laughs> I ran right into it. It was perfect. He was swinging like this. He was like waving the the Ballyhoo flag like this on the Maryland stage. <laughs> and it was per- it was just it was like it was like shh, me running. Yeah, right in the right in the eye. You know, there's probably two thousand people in the amphitheater. Yeah, the theater. Whatever. <laughs> I wonder if you saw. Yeah. Um, what, we got to go back to not killing your your artists. Yeah. Um, it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes. It, it's hard. It uh, like hurting cats. <laughs> uh, I was going on Facebook because the Facebook comments aren't coming through today. I saw a warning from them earlier. So they're trying to fix it, but um, I was trying to see if anybody had any questions over here. <clears throat> if you guys got any questions, shoot, man. Um, what's what's your guys? Uh, what's your what's your favorite thing about tour managing? Oh man, Being part of creating the experiences in life for all the people out there, man. I mean, that's why I do it. That's why I've done it in multiple different you know avenues. Is just just that I like being behind the scenes and uh, and doing that. You know, it's like for love of music and like pushing that message out and like pushing you know good music out in general. You know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to pinpoint one thing. He said it. That's that's yeah. really what it is. It's just there's a, yeah. There's that. There's that moment. Like either if you're you know tour managing or stage taking or whatever, it's like when the band starts playing and and they start it on time. They start exactly on time. There's like a a good like thirty second period. Where like obviously while the band's playing, you still have stuff to do and whatnot. But for like the first thirty seconds of their set, where everything went right, and the band's performing, the guys in the band are doing what they love, and then the crowd is loving it. Like they're, you know, that's why they came. They came, you know, to see this artist have a good for whatever reasons they came. They're gonna enjoy the hell out of the night. Those thirty seconds where you can just stop and be like, "We're doing it." <laughs> yeah. that, that's, you're right though db that 30 seconds every night yeah, and it's only 30 good. seconds because right after that 30 seconds is over yeah going, right after that else, right so uh, but there's always that moment in the night that you have you know or you know it's it always happens and it like just brings you back down to reality about it and like being like man this is why i do this you know yeah it's weird to say it's like a movie shit slows down for those few seconds you're just like ah, that's why all right yep. <laughs> It was yep. all worth it's, it. And it and it's and it's without fail every show, no matter what. Even if even if actually even if everything went completely wrong and still things aren't fixed and you know there's feedback and there's stuff going on and you know something else gonna happen and some guest in the green room just had a heart attack and is dying or whatever, blah blah blah. Um but those yeah, you know, Does that get, happen? Get I feel like typically when your band is on though, that's like the one time where like nobody's really asking any questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a no one asks you any questions. Where's my beer? Where's my you know, whatever? <laughs> Is my guest in hometown show? That's the only yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jen wants to know. <clears throat> Jen wants to know what your from Facebook wants to know what your uh, favorite venue to work at is with uh, on tour, Alex. Ooh, I got a couple. Um, pretty much Virginia has it on lock. Um, what's the name of the theater in Richmond? Uh, the National. Yes, the National is awesome. Uh, the Norva. Um, God damn. And I, I like going to the Catalyst in Santa Cruz just because of the vibes. 
Yeah. It's just yeah. always fun. This is awesome. There, there's a lot to rattle off, but those are like my top ones. DB. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would say uh, Janice is one of my uh, favorites. Yeah. Love that venue. That was kind of for a time when Ted was living down in St. Pete. Uh, where Janice is, that kind of became kind of like a loose hometown uh, where, yeah, it was a hometown show, so it was hectic and it was crazy. Um, but the just it's just an awesome venue and the people that run it are really cool. Um, and it just runs smooth and it's just an awesome venue. That's always the one that kind of uh, <clears throat> always sticks out for me. Love Janice. Donovan? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you guys. I, I, the Norva is definitely one of my favorites. I just love the house crew there, and it's by far the best green room in the country. You know, the, any any band will tell you that. Uh, you really feel like a rock star when you go to the Norva, you know. Um, and then Janice Live is Janice Live is just the like it's always like the best night of tour, right? Because like all those bars are around there. The vibe is always phenomenal. Yeah, there. The house party. crew there is so, so good. You know, you don't have to um, do anything. You don't have to do anything. It's like easy anything. day as like, far as like crew goes, like Janice live is by far the easiest day. You're always up early. And then, you know, red rocks is cool. Red rocks is like, not that great on the crew side of things. You know? <laughs> like, it's a very busy day. All the bands always go like bigger at red rocks. Um, but when you stand on that stage and it's like the headliners on and you look up to 10,000 people, there's, there's nothing like it, man. So I would have to drop that one in there too. That's a, that's, that's the dream for sure. That's, that's all of our friends bands have played there except us. So, uh, we're going to get there though. We're going to get there. We're going to do it. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Angela wants to know if, uh, on Facebook here, do you, do you guys have any fangirling moments while, being a TM on tour. Hmm. I would say I had one and it was like right when I first started, uh, it was with Ballyhoo. We were at the Norva. I knew it. Okay? We <laughs> went to hang out with Pepper there. We weren't playing. We were just going to hang out with the Pepper guys. Oh, I remember this. And the Norva, the way it works is like, there's two elevator doors that open. And when those elevator doors open, all of a sudden Cypress Hill came running in the other side and I held the door for them. I ended up making friends with them in the elevator ride up, and I ended up hanging out with Be Real and Sin Dog all night, and it was fucking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, also a rap artist. We did a um, a festival in San Bernardino, and um, Method Man and Red Man were the headliner, and they like. they weren't letting a lot of people up on stage, but I had made friends with one of the crew guys. He's like, Hey, just stand over here. I got to be like 10 feet from them. That was fucking awesome. And then they were in catering afterwards. (laughs) Just like red man's just yelling about how awesome the broccoli is. I'm like, this is real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know if I've had a fangirl moment. I I feel like, I feel like in moments that I should be fangirling out, I do the, like a, you'd be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Yeah. Well, you always got to be cool, but like, it's like, pretty cool, dude. Like, don't, yeah, don't. what I am feel, I doing? You know, uh, I guess, uh, I guess a recent one, it, it wasn't so much like a fangirling, but I worked, uh, actually worked a festival. I was with Ballyhoo because Alex didn't want to do it, obviously. Um, but it, it was a show that we did uh, where uh, I think it was in Florida where Sugar Ray was the headliner that day. Um, 
And I remember during Ballyhoo set, I was standing side stage and I'm just kind of hanging out, whatever. And then I happened to like see like a tall shadow loom over me. And I was just like, what the hell? I turned around and it was Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, who I wasn't necessarily like the biggest Sugar Ray fan or whatever, but just like turning around all of a sudden him standing there. And the first thing that came through my mind was like, I didn't know Sugar Ray was still a thing. Like I didn't know they were still like touring and doing shows. So like just, he's also really tall, like insanely tall. So I think his height and just not, you know, not, I never expected to like cross paths with Mark McGrath for any reason whatsoever. (laughs) He's very famous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely did like a, Oh, Hey, Oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) And it was one of those like, he, I mean, he was rocking out. He was like loving Ballyhoo and he was like rocking out or whatever. And I definitely did like the obvious, like, oh, you know, let me get out of your way. Like, sir, you know, like, oh my God, you're a very famous individual. Let me, let me let you, whatever. And he was just like rocking out and like high five me or whatever. And I was just like, this is cool. And also strange at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, that was only like a year ago. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. <clears throat> um, remember shows? Yeah, remember shows? <laughs> yeah. Remember work? <laughs> Doing work. Um, yeah, well, this is fun, dude. So I'm glad we finally got to do this. Alex kind of suggested it. I was like, you know, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. Get on the- I think we've been trying to do this for like forever. Probably like a year ago that I suggested <laughs> yeah. But now we have the time. We got everybody together. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we only had to postpone it like nine times. Yeah. <laughs> now let's go play video games. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, also, I have to give a shout out to Adam Frankel because he sent me a PlayStation 4 after Amazon screwed what? me. Yeah, it's, it arrives tomorrow and we're going to start gaming. So, yeah. thank well, you, Adam. You for <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought you just, you just had to buy one. I tried to and then Amazon like delayed it and I was like, you know what, give me my money back. And then two days later, he texted me. He's like, hey, mate, I'm sending you my spare. And I was just like, "That's amazing. coolest shit ever. Yeah, he's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming onto the show. I appreciate it, man. This is really awesome. Yeah, thank you, Howie, for having us. This was fun. A lot of fun Thanks, going bud. down the road there together. Yeah, let's let's do some shows in the future, shall we? What's, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Let's do some shows soon. <laughs> who do we who, who do we write a letter to so that they'll do shows again? Who do we I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm get it done. If anybody's going to get them going, it's Dude. <laughs> Howard, I'm telling you right now, just because only those of us that tour know who or what a Duderman is, you absolutely have to get him on this show. Like, you absolutely. Like, there's no podcast with him before, but get him I, on I had- this. Yeah, I had him on the pod before, but I got to get him on the video and do an update. That's yeah. Cool. Just see those ice eyes. Yeah, you got to see those baby blues. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, everyone will get to see what the three of us are eventually going to turn into one day. <laughs> <laughs> what, fucking handsome? Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to eventually look good at however goddamn old he is. <laughs> I know. He looks like he's fucking 30. He's regenerating. <laughs> How else he do it? <laughs> He's on it. Well, dudes, thank you so much, man. Have a have a great day and weekend, and uh, I, I don't know. Have a great month. I don't know when I'm going to see. Yeah, it. sure. However long it is. <laughs> yeah. What what month is it even now? I don't even. I think it just turned April. It's gonna be May. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, uh, yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, thanks everybody for the questions. Thanks for tuning in to uh, episode 115 of Tales from the Green Room. I'm your host, Howie Spangler. And uh, make sure you're following all these guys on the Instagram. And Donovan doesn't have one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Incognito. Uh, yeah, subscribe if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe. If you're on, if you're on Facebook, please share the video. And uh, yeah, man. Take it easy. We'll see you soon. Later, Thanks, guys. guys. Bye. Later. Yeah!